0: Well, what happened? He never returned my call. I guess maybe he just doesn't have time? Yeah, maybe. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your practical priestess of wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smag. So join me as we talk about some mother wit and how and when we need to reach out to others as we discuss how and when to find a mentor. I'll see you on the flip. So it has been my privilege to be a mentor as well as be mentored And there have been some hard lessons I've had to learn along the way, and some hard lessons I've had to help people learn along the way. And wisdom has been leaning on me for some time to talk about this. And so, if this applies to you, I hope it is a blessing to you. And if it doesn't, I hope you're able to pass on something in this message that will help. Now, I will say that. Being a mentor and being mentored are two very serious things that we will partake of in our lives. And I would hope that everyone would be able to act in both roles. And so first, I want to talk about what it is to be a mentor. And so if we go and look at the word, it is powerful because it has, yes, managed to retain its meaning from the first time they started recording it in the 16th century. And it still means a wise advisor it can also mean an intimate friend who's also a sage counselor. A lot of times we will call a mentor a, uh, a sage, uh, a teacher, and that type of thing. And it is very powerful in that it actually means one who thinks. Yes, one who thinks. So I just want to make sure that I gave homage to the word because it's very powerful. All right. And when you think about that men part, that mental part, you can see how powerful this can be. Uh, If you get it right, it's amazing. If you get it wrong, it can do some serious damage. And that's another reason why I want to talk about this. So I'll lead off by saying that every person that you admire should not be a candidate to be your mentor, and vice versa. Every person that um, you think you want to mentor, you shouldn't do it because there are certain things that have to be right for it to not cause damage. Because in the mentor-mentee relationship, there has to be a certain a certain bond, a certain understanding, uh, humility between the two. And if that is ever usurped, then it can cause irreparable damage. Uh, the emotional kind that you can't see, but is so hard to heal that it might never be right again. And I know this from personal experience of having to uh, see and deal with people who have been hurt on such a deep level, uh, from having come out of uh, the the church where a lot of mentoring would naturally happen for the youth and, and the like. And, Youth being so impressionable and not understanding that adults are not perfect and they are human and they make mistakes and they get it wrong a lot. And uh, so with that, I've had to learn how to program myself the right way over years uh, to make sure that I'm able to receive mentoring. And if and when the time comes, I'm always able to be a mentor. All right. So. The thing that I want to say here as well is that mentoring to me has different stages and I believe that each one of these stages is a temporary stage. I believe that if we are living our lives the right way, we should grow out of each one of these relationships to get better. Now, I'm not saying that you can't repeat them with different levels, but I am saying that the mentor that you had as a kid, that shouldn't still be your mentor as an adult because you should have your own life. You should have divergent paths and you should have different needs when you are an adult uh, that require, if you need it, a different mentor. So, let me go on and talk about the different types and stages of mentor. I'm gonna go on and say it for my people who listen and say that they sometimes argue with me <laughs> in their minds. This one might be a little controversial, and that's why I'm prefacing this by saying this is my opinion, and I am tre- I- I'm doing it with trepidation and fear. That's why it's taking me so long to talk about it. Um, but. I'm going to go on and give it out, but there will be a few wisdom smacks, I believe, in here. Okay, so let me go on and say that I believe there are stages that we would benefit greatly from to be able to appreciate the mentor um, situation. And that is that we have to become um, prepared. to to be able to receive the best experience when we get to the level of a mentor. Now, these stages don't have to come in this order, and a lot of times they don't because you will find that younger people tend to go straight to a mentor before they go to the other stages that I'm about to address, and that's fine. Um, But I do want to just put them here because I have personally benefited from going through these stages. And when I have um, discussed them and taught them to others, they say they have benefited from them. So here we go. So the first thing is, is in these stages, I believe that we benefit from first starting with a colleague or an accountability partner. So when I go back and look at the etymology of the word, it even talks about a trusted friend who is a great advisor, one who thinks. And the reason why I um, love having accountability partners, I always have them, I love them, is because it helps me to understand how to um, be respectful of my peer. You see, for me, I have been able to grow so much with having accountability partners and colleagues who are on my level because it's a choice, you know. We're not getting paid to help each other. We choose to show up and we choose to be beneficial to one another and not just have it devolve into just a chatty, Kathy kind of situation where we just shoot the breeze. No, we remain true to our objective to hold each other accountable, to check in, to be present, to show up, to hold a space for each other. And so that's why I truly, truly love the accountability partner phase of this. And the thing that I learned when I started employing these and having them as a mainstay in my life is that if you can't if you can't be respectful of your peers, if you can't show up on time, if you can't be available and if your tendency isn't in the right place, then how do you expect to make the leap over the other stages to be truly a benefit to a mentor? because it is not a one-way relationship when you get a mentor. It isn't no matter what you think it's not. So there's that. So that's the first level, I think. I think that once a person is able to commit to the process of submitting themselves, um, humbling themselves to appear, peer, uh, not a peer, but their colleague, then I think that that will instill a lot of the necessary skills that it requires to move up. And so then after that, To me, there is the mastermind or the group accountability. And this one is real important. And it's important because group work is totally different than one-on-one work. And when I talk about work, I'm talking about that perfecting, that completing of skills and of attitudes, positions, and thinking that we need to achieve the goals that we said we wanted to get. The wonderful thing about a group is that they have a distinct dynamic and that that dynamic is not controlled by you or me. It is in the hands of an unseen force working amongst the people. You see, again, a group, nine times out of 10, those people are not getting paid to counsel you. They are there with their own agendas, their own issues, just like you are. And so because of that, they tend to knock the rough edges off of us where it's not all about us. And they tend to make us come out of our shells where we can't just sit in the back and be a lurker observing and not having input and impact into the group. So they cause you to find an equilibrium where it is an equity to bring all people up to a level and then they continue to grow. And because of that, it tends to be where if you stay in a group, if you struggle to make it through the four stages of a group dynamic where you move all the way through the honeymoon period, all the way to the growth, the acceptance, and even the turmoil, and repeat it again, you will start to become more centered in understanding how to uh, be more uh, 360 degree when you when you consider something because by being in that group you are almost forced to consider uh, ways and and perceptions that aren't yours and that you might not agree with and so it's really powerful and what it does is it helps you to become uh, accountable to your colleagues like you would with your accountability partners but. It also helps you to learn how to accept and work with constructive criticism and to know how to interact with people, like I said, who aren't getting paid to be nice to you about your issues and shortcomings. So I think it's really powerful. So then after that, so we've got our accountability partner, you are our peer, our one-to-one on our same level. Then we've got our group or our mastermind. Then there is a coach. Now, I am a coach and and. I will say that sometimes people aren't ready for coaches. And this is not a snobbish kind of observation. It's just that if you're going to have a coach, you are paying a coach to get elite results. And usually if you take what a coach does, especially if they are anywhere past intramurals where, you know, they're moving into college and professional, the coaches usually don't take everyone who wants to learn from them. They take those who have proven to have a certain something about them, a certain gifting and a certain level of skill already before they come to them. And then those coaches are there to tweak and polish what it is you already bring to the table. And so if you hire a coach and you come and you're unformed, you're not you're not perfected through having to show up for your peers and having to be able to handle um, criticisms from people and how to have the emotional fortitude to do what is it is needed for where the coach can take you. It's a waste of both of your time and probably a waste of your money as well. And so that's one of the things that I like to make sure that I impress on people. Now, there are people that I will take who have, you can tell they've had no coaching, but they are so freaking teachable. They are so humble and they're so hungry that they work for it and they do way better than a lot of people uh, who are proficient, very, well, very much so in the areas that uh, I work with um, and yeah, because even if we think we're teachable, sometimes when we've done so much, we brush off things like, oh, I already know how to do that. You know, and it's like, yeah, you already know how to do it the way you know how to do it. I want you to try it a different way. Well, I don't see how where that that that's not part of what we're working on. You know, that kind of thing. And, and I don't have any problems with pushback. You're paying for it. Hey, it's your life. If you don't want to get all that you can out of this interaction, that's fine. Um, But I will say that having gone through and continue to go through accountabilities and masterminds help us to knock those rough edges off of where we think everything that we do is right. Because we are wrong way more times than we are right. So then after the coach, I believe comes the mentor. And with the mentor, kind of look like the mentor is the person that you learn from uh, on how to then turn what you know into that sage wisdom uh, where you can impress on people in a very powerful way as well. And because of that, I believe that the mentor relationship, like I said, I qualified it. If you're an adult and you're trying to uh, work on some skills and all of that, I believe that there should be an interaction where you are able to bring something to the table and that the mentor is able to bring something to the table. So I want to talk about the differences of how and when to find this mentor. So the first thing I want to say is, is you might be a candidate for a mentor when you find that nobody really can pinpoint, understand the daily pressures and the requirements that it takes for you to do what you said you want to do. You're kind of in like a no man's land where you feel alone and that you've got to walk this path by yourself. This is a great time for a mentor and if i were to give you an example of it to to help you understand think about uh, great mentors like Dumbledore for Harry Potter, Glinda the Good Witch for uh, Wizard of Oz, and on and on we have these mentors uh, that have appeared to us in various works of fiction and in real life. And these mentors are able, um, Gandalf, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, uh, These these mentors are able to, help us to do more than we ever thought possible because they have this sage magic where they're able to do true educare what, what is uh, that's that's the the word for education and educare means to pull from within that which is already within pull it from within to elevate it to make it more and so when a mentor is needed, you'll know because it's not cutting it. Your peers, they, they are like, they're very supportive. They are there. They hold you accountable. And yet there is an itch that is still not being scratched. There is a place that they can't lead you because they've not gone there. They've not experienced that. And so that's a pretty good indicator that it's time to have a mentor. So there are different ways that you can do it in today's world. And you can do it in person or you can do it from afar. I have a lot of mentors that I've never met, never talked to. I'll probably never meet them, never talk to them. And yet and still, I have them. And I've had some in person. So I'm just going to give you a few takeaways and then tell you some places to find them and possible candidates and the like. Okay. So if you're trying to get to have an in-person mentor, know this, that time is still money. I want you Before you approach a mentor, just like you would treat a coach, be willing to pay for the mentor's time. And if you're not able to pay for their time and they're willing to work with you, still bring something to the table. Don't expect to get that mentor's time and teaching and education without some type of agreed upon compensation, even if they swear it's okay, because you never want it to wear you get slighted because they've got to go and still be able to take care of themselves um, when they're not giving you their time. You want to make it where they can freely give you um, their time and attention and their their jewels and skills of teaching without having to worry about how am I going to compensate or make up for this time that I gave away. Now, yes, there will, there are definitely times. When mentors will swear to you that they don't need anything, and that's fine. But those, to me, are rare. And the reason why I say they're rare is because there is a relationship between you and your mentor. And if the mentor is the only one on the giving end, then you are stopping the cycle and the flow. And I believe that you can't have that mentor for long that they're just there for a simple reason and season, and that you don't get to have as robust of a relationship as you would if there was giving on both ends. Both people have skin in the game. The next thing is, is I want to just bring this up to you. A lot of startups and people who start new companies, new businesses, they get business mentors. There are a lot of companies who act in the angel investing and venture capitalist ways. Um, Amazon does it. And what these companies do is they will take on new upstarts, new businesses, new younger people, if you will, and uh, they will give them funding and capital to run and to establish. They will even allow them to use established uh, practices of business and all of that to help them to have as much of a stable uh, upstart as possible, but there is something that they get in exchange. So while they are doing all this stuff for, for these uh, young startups, they learn from them how to be more agile and lean. And they learn the latest technologies, the latest trends in um, everything from hiring to um, uh, deployment of uh Uh, products. um, And they also get first refusal for when the young startups go public or when they are ready um, to do more. And they also can take profit if they want to uh, when the startups become stable. And so I think it is a great example of a startup. Now, not, I mean, of a, mentor relationship. Nothing is in stone, but think of it. Those young startups can hold their head high because they are not at the mercy of these companies. See, there is a difference between having a patron and having a mentor. And it helps you when you have that mentor relationship where you both get something out of it and you both come out of it for the better. And so I really like that. So the next one is you have to, and and this is when you're doing it in person, you have to be willing to submit to the commonplace needs of the mentor if you don't have the uh, funds to hire them. And the commonplace needs might be running errands, uh, helping around the house, mowing lawns. Like I said, commonplace needs. If that's all you have to offer, Be willing to offer it. It's up to them to accept it or not accept it in honesty, but be willing to offer up something. And then this one is something that I think people know, but I've learned to never take anything for granted. And that is, when in person, show respect and be teachable. You have to be able to be experienced enough to humble yourself and deal with however they want to disseminate that information to you. Now, I am not talking about being subjugated to verbal and emotional abuse, but I am saying that you need to toughen up, Buttercup, and get while the getting is good. And if you find that they're irascible and it's not a good personality match, get what you can and then gracefully get on. (laughs) But don't just think that they're going to have all this time to uh, coddle you and and be, oh, woo-woo and all of this kind of stuff. Because a lot of times they don't. They got to a certain level or achievement of their life and you'll find that a lot of people who are at certain levels, they don't suffer fools kindly. Uh, They work uh, like razor sharp with time and they expect, they have high expectations for those that they are willing to spend time with. Now, if you are looking for a mentor from afar, this is the first thing I want to say. And I'm saying this from personal experience. Thou shall not steal and call it homage. Do not steal your mentor's intellectual or creative properties and say you're paying homage to them. Don't do that. <sighs> yes, I said it because it has happened to me and others. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> it's one thing if you get inspired by me or others. It's another if you take our ideas and you do poor derivatives of them and say, see, <laughs> no, that's not cool. Um. Also, from afar, you don't necessarily have to reach out to them to learn or to change your ways. There are many people that I have been inspired by and have used in times when I needed that skill, that insight or that way of thinking where they became my mentor for that season and that reason. And I never reached out to them. Um, Now, I did send energetic thank yous and when I could if say for instance they were selling something a lot of times I purchased their products and showed love that way but I didn't say yoo-hoo over here no I just did what I needed to and that's the wonderful thing about the time we live in. You can have a mentor from afar. And they'll probably never know personally that they mentored you, but they do, especially if they're prolific in putting out their information and their messages. Um y'all, I do this daily and I give y'all the best I got every day. I try to come to play, honey. And I am hoping that this helps people in a in a a way way past the visceral, deep down inside. And you know, and and it's because I have been the benefit beneficiary of other people's kindness and wisdom and, and giving freely out there. So here's a big one. Learn to trigger your inspiration and creativity from their work. Do not learn to imitate or mimic their work. And that brings me to this next one that's real important. And I didn't think I had to say this one either, but I will. And that is don't impede on their privacy or their boundaries. You know, it's one thing to admire them and it's a totally another to stalk and pry into their personal life. Just because you have a liking for someone, you do not need to pull uh, their public records to see who they're married to, what their net worth is, where they live, um, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. It is getting a bit crazy with how much people are willing to pry into people's lives. So don't do it. Just don't do it. It's just all kinds of wrong. So enough about that. Some places to find mentors. Now, the obvious ones are going to be locally and online, of course. But you can also find mentors by um, working through their products. Um, A lot of people I've mentored, they have um, used my trainings or they have... uh, done one-on-ones, and then they have come back and uh, wanted to have a mentor relationship. A lot of people that I've worked with as mentors, I've done it through volunteering or offering my services and Barter. Uh, I have been so blessed to have some stellar Stellar mentors that I'm like, oh my god, they are a pillar. You know, some of my mentors, I'm like, I can't believe that they are my mentor. And these are ones in person. And I'm, and I will say that it does a lot of times have to do with your location. I live in Atlanta, and so I've had to, the privilege of being around some heavy hitters who are still out there heavy hitting, and it has helped me tremendously. And so you need to figure out. If you need that interpersonal relationship, you need to check and see what's going on locally and how you can be a blessing before you ask for a blessing. So now some possible uh, candidates for mentors for you. The first thing I want to say is, is they don't have to be older than you. They don't have to be old and grizzled. They can be younger than you. There are a lot of people that are are young who have old souls and are doing a lot of things and they just seem to get and understand stuff. I currently have a few mentors who are uh, younger than me and I appreciate them, but they are from afar, but I appreciate them because they are helping me by leaps and bounds to, to stay on my tippy toes and to do what I've got to do. And I'm very grateful for them. And then this is the another thing. You don't need um, to necessarily have to get someone in the same industry as you. If you see someone who has transferable skills or they are really good for your psyche and for your emotional management, but they are in a totally unrelated um, lifestyle or uh Work industry, that's totally fine. You can use that. That is your inner highest self, your wisdom talking to you to let you know that there are things that you may not realize that you need uh, ahead of time. And then some other possible candidates for mentors are going to be those people who uh, don't look like mentors. A lot of my greatest teachers, they are, (laughs) let me just say this, a lot of my greatest mentors have been people who are very flawed. But what they know, they know very well. And so you'll have to get to the point where you learn to look past the human condition and look at the magnificence that they are uniquely gifted with. And just understand, Mentors are definitely not perfect. Most of them are going to have major flaws, but those same major flaws are probably one of the reasons why they're so good at what they are good at. So look past the flaws and the shortcomings uh, and show respect and uh, bring something to the table as well. And make sure that you always show respect for their time, for their work and their personal boundaries, whether it be for them, as well as their families and friends don't become that stalkerish weird person who tries to befriend um, their circle around them to get closer to them. That's just creepy and weird. And I wouldn't be your mentor if you did that to me. And so I want to just impress upon you that when you are, when it's time to get a mentor, you'll know and make sure that if you need to test it out and see if you can be on it with a colleague and then with a group and then maybe with a coach before you try to reach out to a mentor. And also remember that you have to be able to bring something to the table as well uh, when you're expecting to get something. So look and see what you have in your quiver of skills. Just like the young startups with the more established companies, be willing to share your innovations, your technologies, and that kind of thing if that is something that they need. And always show respect. Yes, So guess what? Yeah, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Love you dearly. Don't forget to check the show notes and use our Amazon link at michellespiva.com for all your Amazon needs. And I'm going to see you yet tomorrow.